You're listening to Work Tape, episode 20. Welcome to the 20th edition of the Work Tape podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello, Sean. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you. Yes. Most of you. Okay. Well, all of you. That's fine. <laughs> so you just came back from traffic from work. Traffic was actually good tonight. Okay. Yeah. So on our last session, um, we were supposed to catch up on the uh, on the Beatles get back. <laughs> Speaking of Beatles, huh? Is that where you're leading? There we go. <laughs> and Guilty. I got to actually catch up uh, in the middle of traffic. <laughs> How was that? Oh, wait. Uh, I'm not supposed to be watching movies during traffic, so sue me. California. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> so how was the second segment or third or whatever you watched? Uh, I watched the second half or three quarters of the first episode. And it was like someone took an eraser and it erased Yoko Ono. It was like they were <laughs> listening to us last time. They, they literally took... The, the pink pet erasers <laughs> that they would give you in school in your little box and erased her like she was just gone. Not back by popular demand. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it was picked up right where I left off and she was gone. I was like, oh my gosh, someone's listening to us. <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah, the dynamic came back and I felt that I, I just felt they, like they were back to their normal selves. It took on a new life of its own. Absolutely. Yeah. It was it was back to where it was supposed to be. So So they got back. Get back. <laughs> <laughs> it was inevitable between us both. I know. <laughs> I couldn't help it. Neither could I. I couldn't help it. It was tempting. So speaking of get back. Yeah. So you, you like the you like the latter half or yeah, absolutely. The, the most recent segment that you watched. Yeah. How long are those segments? Isn't it like two hours and something minutes? They are. They're they're like a they're like a Marvel movie. It's unbelievable. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. No, I still have to. It requires a lot of brain power for me because of my focus issues, and so I need maybe twice as much time sometimes to watch that because I have other stuff I do. Right? You know, you're the same thing. You can't just sit down and just digest two or three hours of audio video. No. The good news is, is there's a pause button or a stop button. And it picks up right where you left off. Yeah, like a month later <laughs> after forgetting I could, that you're watching it like me. But I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> I couldn't even have imagined that it was going to be like, okay, well, where we left off last time and where I picked up off of where I left off last time. Like Yoko Ono was just like, she disappeared. She vanished. It was like a Scooby-Doo story. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, yo, what the heck? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was great. It was so good. So, so yeah, I continued watching it uh, for the remainder of my commute. And it was uh, it was actually good. So I'm going to I'm going to finish it up and I'm going to move on to the next one. And um, if we got to do other segments on it, then great. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm definitely going to have something to say about it. So. Listeners, hold on. We'll have more to say about this. They're they're iconic. I mean, you whether you love them or hate them or you're like a super follower or whatever, um, 
So aside from Paul, how'd you feel about the other guys with their solo careers? That's a that's a tough one. I never followed them. I, I never really followed um the other ones. Like I I've heard a few songs from George Harrison and and they were all right, you know. I, I think he was best when he was in like the traveling Wilburys. I think that was like his coolest thing after the fact. I know he did a couple other songs and some other stuff, and I couldn't really even tell you what they are because I didn't really follow it. It was like, okay, whatever, dude. Like you're on your venture to make the rest of your dough. So whatever. It doesn't excite me, but you know, maybe excite someone else. Do your thing. Um, yeah, exactly. John Lennon, he didn't make it to that. Um, you know, he's in paintings and stuff like that. So whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, God rest his soul. <laughs> um <laughs> Rigo Starr, I didn't really follow him either. I know he had some other ventures too, and mm-hmm. I think I heard one or two things from it, but it didn't really excite me either. It was he was probably the most exciting personality wise. Like that was just his thing. Oh, of course. I think he's that depressed. I think that's why he's so up with his personality. He seems like a guy who deals with deep depression. He's compensating, it feels. Probably artists do it a lot. Probably all of them are. Yeah. At, at, at some point in times in their life and, and in their careers, you know, there's highs and lows. There's You're highs and lows in life. Actually, right. I think most people do. No doubt that all four of them <laughs> dealt with something. Just oh, a given. Un, yeah. But I think Ringo's um, personality came out quite a bit. Like you could really see who he was after he left. Go figure, right? After the band disbanded. Um, you could see a lot more of who he was, and he was a jokester in the band. He wasn't a front man. He probably had a little more to offer than 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 the rest of the guys that were up in the front and were up in the limelight all the time. So you know, maybe he just he just had a little more to offer. I don't know. If you were to take one Beatle that didn't take themselves too seriously, it would be Ringo. If you were to choose one, I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah I think he he was one of the ones that was maybe able to enjoy it a little more than the other three. Mm-hmm. At least at least at a glance. Right out the gate. Yeah. I mean, who who does Octopus and isn't like that? <laughs> Great song, by the way. Not downing on it at all. Absolutely. And he's got that swing. He has a swing that, I mean, go figure. He's also the, the drummer. So he gets to like lead the rhythm, the overall feel of the backbeat of the song. I like his swingy style, his happy-go-lucky, groovy type of playing. It actually made the Beatles unique, in my opinion. And I know, I guess Ringo is probably the most overrated, underrated drummer, or you could say it the other way around. Like, they always talk about, oh, he's so overrated, he's so underrated. He's both. But I really, like, I really, really enjoy listening to what he put in the Beatles. And it's unique. Like, he does a lot of start and stop. Like, he doesn't just play fully through. Now, maybe that was indicative of a lot of bands in the 60s as well because they were big on arrangement and a lot of dynamic playing. That's what music is though, right? Yeah. You've got to have the rhythm, but without the pause, then there is no rhythm. Ringo did that a lot. There is no rhythm. He did a ton of accenting, especially in Day in the Life. Sometimes you kind of wanted Ringo to play and he just wouldn't, but to me, he was a pioneer of that start-stop playing and it made the Beatles just stick out. He kept it basic, but he did it well. He did extremely well. And and here's the thing. He kept his playing style very straightforward and simple. And I think as a studio drummer, you have to do that. So he really was the textbook example of a studio drummer. Of course, 
you have to take note of the producers and the arrangers at the time. You know, they did lead the Beatles. Like the Beatles weren't just always doing everything themselves. Once again, uh, McCarty was the arranger, I think. He was, but he still was managed by other people as well. I saw that though. I saw yeah. that in that in that other segment. I saw he was making the arrangements. To be fair, Get Back was a different time though than <sighs> the, the previous times where remember their manager died? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm not talking about get back so much, and I'm not talking maybe Sergeant, but I'm not getting. <laughs> I'm not trying to get too much into pepperonis. I'm yeah, that to was get... that was a that was a whole other <laughs> era, man. That no, was, that, that 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 one kind of played on its own. <laughs> yeah, that that Beatles era, they definitely were orchestrated by who they were with, but Ringo, just as a drummer, was definitely molded into the perfect studio drummer in a lot of ways, and. I liked his dynamic stop and go, kind of speed up and slow down. He brought a lot of soul to his playing. So if you've ever watched like a like a talk show, like a late night talk show, mm-hmm. a lot of those drummers where they're showing the, the segment out or bringing something in, in the midst of all that, they do the same thing when they're in the midst of the show. And I think that that may have been the start to all of that. So, yeah. But, you know, all of them played so weirdly, uniquely together. I mean, they were all very beautifully, maybe not so beautifully flawed. <laughs> and it just, it just, they didn't work, but it, they also worked. Like, it just, it just, it worked and it didn't. Just one of those things. <laughs> so Christmas. Christmas. Perfect. I was just about to get into that. Cool. About how much I hate this time of year. Really? <laughs> There's a lot of commercialism. And if you can see through all that and see through all the madness and all of that, I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I really do. There was a point in time in my life where I wasn't a big fan of Christmas. You know, I parallel Christmas and Valentine's the same way. But I think as you mature and things progress, you tend to... Mellow out. Mellow out and block out all of the negatives and start to kind of focus on more of the positives. A positive for me was... I watched a musical program recently and it was unbelievable. We were talking about pianists last segment. Yeah. In doing so, we had talked about blind musicians Mm -hmm. and there was a gentleman that came in and played this Christmas program and just blew my mind this year. Just absolutely blew my mind at, at what he was doing. And, um, out of all the things that were going on in life and just everything that's going on and just watching that, it really, I think, drew me closer to what Christmas is all about. I was like, wow, like this is like a present, man. This is like someone giving me a present that I wasn't expecting. I absolutely abhor Christmas time because of pretty much, again, as I was kind of hinting on Valentine's Day, which actually is my favorite holiday. Valentine's well, Day. Really? Yes, it is because of the martyr. It's like St. Patrick's Day. You have St. Valentine, St. Patrick. I know like the whole St. Valentine thing is widely debated, but let's just assume he's a real guy. And okay. the stories that we've read are accurate. Okay. The saints to me, including St. Nicholas, supposedly, make the holidays for me. Now with That's Christmas, cool. obviously the what child is this or the wise men. Uh, the Jesus part about it. The Magi. I have no issue with the main reason behind the season. 
historical facts like that is what makes Christmas Christmas. The same for St. Patrick's Day and St. Valentine's Day. Those are good. In fact, Easter. Let's take Good Friday, Palm Sunday, like the whole Easter situation. I love what they're about. But I have come to loathe these seasons, especially Christmas time, because of the bastardization of what these seasons and these holidays really mean. It's turned into commercialization. It's aggressive. And guess what happens is I get tired of it. We're consumers. We are consumers. Not to mention, obviously, what this podcast is about, but the, the most... Some of it I like, by the way. I actually do like a lot of so-called Christmas music. But let's be honest. It's such a cash grab time of the year that like, <laughs> like we're talking about Christmas time, every song might as well be as annoying as that one, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, Christmas is a very narcissistic time of the year. Every time I've given something, it's always felt so much better than buying something for myself. Just like I said, just brought me back to that Christmas program. And I watched that blind guy playing the piano and singing. It it wasn't the songs. It was just, I think it was the thought of, guess what? This guy had so much adversity and he had overcome so much of that adversity. And here he is. He's just, Dude, he's miles away from his face. He's saying hello to his family on a microphone. And he lives 3,000 miles away, man, in Tennessee. His Was this the brother there. that you sent me on phone? Yes. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, I can't even tell you. It's okay, but he's a pianist. He's a, a virtuoso? Yes. And I'm telling you right now, um, maybe the next segment, I'll tell you his name and all of that good stuff. The guy was just unbelievable. And it brought tears to my eyes. It was like, dude. He's very good. When you can keep a regular melody on a piano and be blind and know all the keys and all the cues and then throw extras in there in the midst of that in between the choruses and this and that and the other and still bring it back to the original melody. Dude, that's something to be said. That's that's a lot to me. You know what? That shows that you that you want it, you know, to me. I was conversing about this with someone on Sunday, my pastor, about Stevie Wonder because he got to hear him live uh, with another member or two. Yeah. Um, A couple, actually. In fact, I think both couples got to hear him live. Yeah. And I think this was over the weekend or a last week period. Okay. Yeah, they they got to hear him. You know, it's different now. Stevie's, what, in his 70s, his early 70s? He's creeping up on there. He's creeping up. He's on probably there. there. Yeah. Yeah, you're, he probably you're, is. You're probably right on. But yeah. talking about people who, let's just say blind, right? You know, yeah. especially blind musicians. Heightened senses are just kind of inevitable. Not to take away from their skill and their gifting, but they definitely have the it drive. Is, it is the an drive. advantage. It is an advantage. It's a, it's a whole new level of drive. Right. Is what I feel. But I almost feel like it's almost like a, it's not that it's a sixth sense, like additionally, but it's almost like a heightened sense. No, it's not the Matrix, dude. <laughs> Speaking of the Matrix, are you going to go see it? No. Uh, you know what? Yes. What? Dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. So. So Christmas. Um, Christmas music. What makes it so corny? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you mentioned Mariah Carey last last segment. <laughs> so, you know, some of us, and I'm probably in the few, some of us cannot stand monotony and predictability. And the problem with a lot of that music is it's so predictable that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Speaking of predictability, so remember we were talking about the worst song that the Beatles ever did? You mean Paul? The Wonderful Christmas Time? That's Paul, yes. Okay. So I think Honey Pie is the worst Beatles track. Someone else remade that song. They redid <laughs> it in a newer version. Was it like metal version? No, 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 no. No, it was like a it was like oh, uh man. like uh what was the group that Beyonce was in? Oh gosh, I don't know. Okay, so it was like a Beyonce group kind of rendition of it. And I was like, yo, like I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I already didn't like the song, but it just like, like it almost sounded better than what. No, they it's did. just Christmas music. Because we're talking about the Beatles, and then we're talking about like some other. No, group. Well, it's 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 holiday themed, right? Okay, so the problem here's the problem with Christmas music. The problem with Christmas music is it's. It I like almost, the traditional. That's traditional what I'm saying. Though, is so the good stuff. Dude. So so first off, Christmas music has different levels. First off, yeah, they're the classic hymns. They're the the carol sing-alongs, right? Which the hymns and sometimes the carols sometimes go hand in hand. Sometimes. Like the Perry Como, Bing Crosby time, Frank Sinatra. Straight up big band. Yeah, we have the big band stuff from the 40s, 50s. And then the 60s on, we have the Beatles. Gotta and, have and a then, martini, gotta have a cigar. Right. And then like, the 80s, 90s had its own thing. And then uh, here we are kind of in this new space. And here's the thing, dude. Just like you said. The classic hymns are good, in my opinion. They're fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Aside of the classic hymns, the Blink-182 rendition, rendition <laughs> was perfect. It's, it's fun. It's it was fun. great. It's fun. Because you know what? It was for the times. And you know what? They, sure, did a, sure. they did a good job on that. Some people, they do it well. But what I don't like is this automatic, oh, it's Christmas music. So I need to put this in people's faces if and annoy Metallica them with it. If try to do a Christmas rendition, <laughs> I'd probably freaking burn it, dude. Just for them. Mega and I'd death. film it. I'd film it. To, I'd film it. Be burning it. Here, here you go. Here's your Christmas rendition. Some music. I throw it in the fire. Christmas music or holiday theme music sometimes <laughs> works if it's like parodied because they can't take it seriously and it's cool. Right. Like I'm fine with that. Right. Like ironic is cool. But what I can't stand is this like the same song done 50 times over, 100 times <laughs> over. And then everyone's like, oh, wow. Like this is amazing. Like is it? Do you, do we need Ariana Grande and Tori Kelly doing the same thing that everyone since the 60s has been doing? Who are they? <laughs> I don't even know who they are. Look at They even did like a Clado vision of, oh, no. of, of Blink-182. Uh, Come on, man. That's parody, though. That's, that's parody and it works. Like if Weird Al did a Christmas, which he probably did do a Christmas thing, it's fine. Because it's Weird Al. That's why it's good. Oh, they, so that's, that's last year. Mm-hmm. So they did another one 15 years ago. Won't be home for Christmas. Right. So, yeah. So, Sean. Yo. Not ironic, but on the serious side. Yeah. But modern, kind of modern. And I mean like 60s. What I classify, and this is just my, my, this is my opinion. You're listening to literally one dude's opinion. So, obviously, 99% of the world's going to disagree. And I don't care. But the Charlie Run Christmas. Mm-hmm. On that album, I would say Christmas time is here. If you're going to take a song. Probably one of the best 
original Christmas songs I've ever heard in the modern era. Oh, yeah. You know, you have the kids singing. It's, it's like a choir, but it's also not annoying. You know, it's a very mature tone. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not super happy-go-lucky. It kind of makes you sit in a moment and appreciate the time. And I think that that entire album actually is probably the, one of the, probably the best example out there of a Christmas album because you have covers of classics and you even have original renditions or original versions of a Christmas piece or song. Vince Guaraldi, like I said, I, I won't take this back. He literally in every season, in every picture, in everything he did, painted pictures through his music and through his composure. It still blows me away. And it's still classic. It's obviously affected all of us where we just we need more. <laughs> if you hear that song, like it doesn't matter who you are. You're like, oh, like you're thinking of Snoopy it's and Charlie good. Brown. And you're like, you're, you're thinking of whatever it is that he had done, whether it's the Valentine mm-hmm. or the Great the Pumpkin Thanksgiving, yeah. or the Thanksgiving or the Christmas. It doesn't matter. So here, here's with it that. It doesn't people, matter. People get divided with a lot of the, you know, the Jingle Bell rock. People get divided with that. Some people love it. Some people hate it. But when it comes to like Christmas jazz, stuff like that, even though there are tons of people who hate jazz, most people take it seriously. It's not a joke. It's like, hey, I can literally just chill. And it's just, it's not a joke. No, no. And, and you know what? Let's go back to uh, like Elvis. I'm not an Elvis fan. I think you and I, you and I are the same way. By any means, like there's, there's some cool songs, but you know what, dude, when I hear blue Christmas, like I'm thinking that's a cool Christmas song. All right. Like I'm okay with that one. Like play that one. I'm okay with that. So yeah, you know, just keep playing the good stuff. Take the rest of stuff, put it in the archives. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Put it on Wikipedia. I don't care. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you know what would be really refreshing in the Christmas realm is is someone did something kind of left field and they released a Christmas album in like spring, which it wouldn't sell commercially, which I get it. But I feel like that's a kind of weirdness and awkward type of artistry I like. Why don't we just celebrate Christmas around April? Isn't that when like he was born anyway? Around that time in spring? <laughs> Hey, forget it, man. Instead of, oh, yeah, let's all release on the 24th, the 23rd. No, 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 I got better than that. Let's do Christmas in July. Oh, my gosh. Let's go. Even more basic. Why not? Let's start it. Why not? It's one of the most milk toast things anyone could do. Hey, dude, quit bagging on my tan, bro. Okay. I know I'm from the island, man, but come on. <laughs> Good Lord. Yes, he is. There is hope for me, bro. Somehow. With him, there is. Yes. There is hope. Dude, that was a good segment. I, I think that was pretty good. I think so, too. Yeah. I have a ton of editing to do. You know what? Rogu. <laughs> I'm going to take out Rogu, 50% of this. <laughs> Rogu says, we did a good job, bro. And he's saying so right here on my heel. Okay, now I'm taking out 70% of this. <laughs> They'll get the good parts. They'll get the parts that matter. And you know what? (laughs) Let me say something. Merry Christmas to you and your family, to everyone out there. Okay? Keep listening. Keep supporting. Love you guys. Love your families. Hope you have a great 
rest of the season and the rest of the year. And uh, you know what? We may even throw in a bonus track for the new year. Bonus tracks. No, seriously, guys. God bless all of you. Reason for the season, Jesus Christ. I don't care what you say. And uh, yeah, come to him, man. It is his birthday. So we will celebrate that the way it needs to be. Celebrate the king. And um, just keep playing music. And have a great Christmas with all of your friends and family and and who else and anyone who needs a place to stay or who needs some food, um, just give it, you know, give, give them some help. How about those people who don't have family this time of year? So we need to all come together and love each other. So, you know what? Yeah, that pretty much says it all. And you know what? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Isaac, for having me. Dude, thanks for letting me have you here. next week episode 21 we will see you guys back at it later